Welcome back, everybody. Uh, the Cynthia Darlow has been waiting patiently for me as I was uh, on another line uh, uh, trying to get a refund uh, for QuickBooks Online. And I got a refund. So thank you for waiting, Cynthia. I appreciate it. My pleasure. <laughs> so everybody, please welcome Cynthia to the program. And we can actually begin now. So uh, Cynthia, you know, people uh, may know you from as, as I know you, even though obviously, you know, it's, it's so, uh, so often in our acting uh, world that I've seen you before, but I really remember you for, uh, you know, as being Mrs. Moskowitz in uh, my, one of my favorite all-time shows of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. So uh, that's where people may know you from. Um, but they've seen you in Thomas Crown Affair. They've seen you. Uh, I actually, I remembered you in one more place, uh, one of my other favorite shows, and that's, it's a pretty good list. But one of my other favorite shows is um, uh, Madam Secretary. So ah. I remember you being the judge in a very memorable scene with Mike Barlow, uh, which was very, very funny. So I, I remember that one as well as I was going uh, kind of through your work. So hence the life of an actor, right? You, you do all sorts of things and then people you know, may pick you out. It's like, yeah, I remember, or maybe not. So welcome, welcome, welcome. It's such a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, I do absolutely want to talk about Mrs. Moskowitz because it's a great, great character that I truly enjoyed. Um, I think, and if you're not allowed to say anything, please don't say it. But I think uh, you know the the next season is uh, is getting uh, ready to uh, to shoot. Is that correct? Uh, based on what we can tell, that is correct. We just started shooting. I just shot my first episode of season four on Friday, Perfect. and I have to say, after almost a year of quarantining, yeah. when they yelled "rolling," I really I got a lump in my throat. I was so thrilled to be standing where I was standing and about to go to work. Oh. yeah, it's. It's been it's been a long time uh, coming, um, mm. and you know you're in New York. New York has been hit really hard. Uh, you know, Billions is is another favorite show of mine. You mm. know, they had to halt production, and they didn't know when they were coming back. It was kind of like, yeah, well, nope, nope, nope. So, yeah, it's um, finally you're getting back. It's good, thank God. Uh, we we've all missed. Uh, being on set, and we certainly missed uh, the show, which is, uh, it's not just my, you know, one of my favorites, but I got my whole family hooked into that. My wife is waiting for the next season so she could watch it again. So. Everybody, as my friends kept saying to me, don't you people realize that you're essential workers? We need oh. Mrs. Maisel on the tube. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's funny, right? So, you know, actors, Sometimes we're treated as ah, you're actors, whatever. Uh, and then when uh, everybody is locked in and you have nothing to do, who do you turn to? Yeah, you turn to. I would just like uh, the nation to remember that it is the arts that got them through the pandemic. I, I yeah. hope everybody remembers that when it comes to be funding time. <laughs> um, I hope so too. And we've had some, uh, so a number of things actually, uh, you know, came out of the pandemic because. A number of organizations uh, came out of it that are actively working on, you know, getting uh, a secretary of entertainment or, or a secretary of the arts and uh, getting, uh, getting funding and getting people uh, because the industry is huge. The industry mm -hmm. is bigger than manufacturing. The industry is bigger than uh, airline uh, and transportation yeah. industry. So 
So yeah, it's bigger than people realize. We all take it for granted that it's just going yeah. to be there. Yeah, and it's not. I, you know, again, talking New York, talking Broadway, because you've been on mm -hmm. on on off Broadway. Uh, theater shut down. It's 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 just oh, so perfect. so tragic. Yeah, it's. Um, uh, I had I had people on who were. Um, I think they even did uh, the last kind of uh, trial runs of Broadway shows and it was about to begin and then everything got shut down. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's, do we know when the theaters are, are gonna open it back up again? Maybe. We don't, we don't. Yeah. We, had, we had hoped it would be this spring, but that doesn't right. look likely. No. Um, I tell you, uh, I, I've spoken to the risk management person at Amazon, and uh, he tells yeah. me that we can expect to be in masks and washing our hands for the next two years. Possible, but it doesn't mean that yeah. we can't, you know, we can't be in a theater together. I think, again, based on based on what I hear, and it's not like I have any insider information, it just comes from regular sources, but uh, if if they think that we can start getting to a some level of normal in the fall, that may mean that you know sometime after that theaters are going to start opening up to Ooh, whatever capacity so. we'll, we'll find out yeah. yeah 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 i miss the theater i'm in chicago so oh. you know uh i good town I that's another good town <laughs> it's we have beautiful theaters we have so yeah. much uh, going on and you know we haven't been able to do any of that but you know thankfully uh, I, I i shouldn't complain i i my family and i we all had covid uh it was not fun you know, kids were mild, we were mid, but thankfully nothing was serious. So, you know. Yeah, uh, my husband had it as well. And uh, thank God he's just fine now, but he got it very early on and uh, had symptoms that were not the symptoms that we knew about then. Yeah. Uh, he never had a fever, he never had a cough, but boy, was he sick. And yeah. he's a guy that never gets sick. So it was, it, we didn't know it until a couple of months later when he had to mm. be tested for a routine procedure. And they mm. said, you've got the antibodies. You had COVID. Yeah. Um, and I got wife. tested and negative. So here we are in a very small apartment um, yeah. living on top of each other. And it's just incredible mm. that I didn't get it. Uh, did you check antibodies? Do you have antibodies? Do, no, I don't have the antibodies. I, I, oh. We both got tested. Uh, after we found this out, we waited for a month and got tested yeah. again at different labs. And again, he was positive and I was negative. Wow. Wild. Well, good. Strong like bull. <laughs> yes. Great immune system. No need yeah. to change anything. Um, no, that's, that's fascinating. Um, yeah. I, you were talking symptoms. My wife, when she got it, we didn't recognize it. And this was, you know, early December. Uh, but when she got it, it was uh, her, you know, backache, uh, and she works out a lot. So we thought it's just standard, you know, kind yeah. of uh, soreness. So backache, 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 then some headaches, and she was supposed to be teaching. Because uh, in addition to oh, you know, being a CFO, she's also a fitness instructor. <laughs> so, so, uh, and she was supposed to go and teach, and you know, she kind of mentioned uh, to her boss that, hey, you know, I have some backaches and and uh, a headache, and and she made her go get a test and the test showed that you have COVID. And we're like, oh, wow. okay, there go the next, you know, three weeks uh, of, of our lives. And then everybody got it after that. So mm. anyway, uh, on to more interesting uh, topics. So you, I, I, can't, I can't start all of my other questions because I keep focusing on all of the wonderful pictures that you have behind you. 
Uh, can, can you tell us more about those? Sure. Well, this uh, this painting right here yeah. um, is uh, something that my husband and I picked up at a consignment shop in Rhode Island about 20 years ago. Wow. Uh, and it turns out because it, I, I was in another I was in, actually in an alumni gathering from the North Carolina School of the Arts. And uh, mm -hmm. one of my fellow classmates, former classmates, saw the painting in the background. He said, is that a Joe Kelly? And I said, no, no, it's an Italian artist named Vinciata. He goes, yeah, that's Joe Kelly. Well, it turns out that this artist uh, was from Winston-Salem, North Carolina, where I went to school, and he painted under the name Vinciata. And uh, I didn't know anything about the painting, really, except that name. And so we went on the internet and found out that it might be uh, worth a little something. Okay. And he recognized it right away. He said, oh, no, he said he's a, a master piano tuner. I mean, he go, does concert halls and things like that. Mm -hmm. He said there was a time when you would go into a wealthy person's home to tune their piano. And if they didn't have a Vinciata over the piano or over the mantle, they really hadn't made it to society. I thought, oh, isn't that interesting? So that's that wow. story. The rest of them over here are all family photographs. Mm -hmm. um, I'm Polish and uh, French in descent, and my husband is uh, Italian and French. Mm -hmm. And we have lots of wonderful, wonderful old period photographs of family members. That's the family gallery up there. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and you were uh, you were born in Detroit, which which I uh, immediately you know. Uh, it, it piqued my interest because uh, I have a lot of family in Detroit. I went to high school uh, in uh, in the Detroit area. So where where in Detroit were you uh, where you weren't? Not one of the uh, well, right in Detroit. Lived right in Detroit. Oh, where did you go okay. to high school? Uh, Berkeley High School. So yeah. uh, we lived. You know, a lot of my family were you know in uh, Farmington Hills. Uh, I lived in um, Southfield and Oak Park. Okay. Uh, so that's, you know, that's why I went to, yeah. uh, to Berkeley for my freshman year and then we moved to Chicago. So, yeah, I went to East Detroit rough school in those days. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was supposed to go to Warren junior high, Warren high school rather, mm -hmm. but we moved and I ended up going to East Detroit and then I moved to Virginia okay. uh, where uh, my, my parents had divorced and I went to live with my mother in Virginia mm -hmm. And, uh, but that was an, an incredible thing because that's where I discovered the theater mm -hmm. and it changed my, the course of my entire life. Well, it's a perfect segue because I was going to ask you, how did it begin? So uh, what, what happened in Virginia and why did it uh, kind of come top of mind? Well, there was an extraordinary teacher. Um, I enrolled in school and uh, my big plan was to go to college. Nobody in my family had gone to college before and I was dying to go to college. I was always a good student and a voracious reader. And my big dream was to teach English literature. I wanted to go to college and I wanted to teach English literature. So um, they had something in this high school in the South called electives. We didn't have electives in Detroit. <laughs> And uh, they had this drama course and I had really no idea what it was, except that it was, I probably thought, oh, this is probably like reading plays. I would enjoy reading plays. I'd never really been to a play. And I thought I would like that. So that's what I thought I was signing up for. And this teacher, uh, Mr. David McClung, uh, as he was taking role my first day in class and I answered here and he said, wow, what a voice. 
and I looked around behind me to see who he was talking to because I, I was a little brown mouse who never spoke to anyone. And anyway, this teacher really took me under his wing and he forced me to be in the first high school play, which was You Can't Take It With You as the Russian Countess. Well, I begged, I said, please, I'll die. Don't make me go in front of people. I'll build your scenery. I'll, I'll paint, I'll, I'll sew costumes. I'll do anything you want, but don't make me go in front of people. I, I can't do it. He said, no, 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 no. You're the only teenager I've got with a voice husky enough to be the Russian countess. You have to do this for me. Oh my God, it was hard to say no to this teacher. So, okay. Uh, well, I went, they threw me into a vintage beaded evening gown and out onto the stage and I got my first laugh and that was pretty much it. Yeah, I had no idea that I could do make people laugh. It was just, it was a glorious, glorious discovery. So I read every single play he had in his library, like Grant took Richmond, as they say in the South. And um, I did every school play that came along. I was just completely consumed. I just loved it. I, I felt it was just amazing. So uh, this teacher, I came from a very poor family. Uh, he paid for my college boards. Mm. And he found out about this uh, school in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, North Carolina School of the Arts, now part of the University of North Carolina. Uh, but in then days, it was private, uh, private conservatory. And he coached me and drove me 10 hours to North Carolina to audition for the School of the Arts, where I got accepted and won a scholarship. What a wonderful man. That's, that's Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, we all have these kind of time, <clears throat> times in our lives when you know, we could go one way or another way. And uh, through, you know, grace of God, through, uh, you know, intuition and other people helping us, we choose that path. It's, it's yeah. always fascinating to me how that happened. So that's-, that's It was nice. wonderful. I stayed in touch with him to the day he died. He did get to see me do my first Broadway show. So it was pretty gratifying. <laughs> that's wonderful. Um, yeah. All right. So you went, uh, you went there, you started, and then I know you've done a lot of theater. And actually coming back for a second or taking a detour for a second, you wanted to be in literature, you love reading, you've done a lot of reading still, because I know that you've received some, what is it called, what are they called, the, uh, you get some, Audio awards or headphones awards. Yeah, yeah, you got those, and then you, you do, um, you do a lot of uh, audiobooks, uh, narration, so that's wonderful. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. It's such a peaceful way for a, a, an actor to make a living. It's really great. It's not for everybody. I mean, you're sealed up for hours and hours in a soundproof booth with no air and uh, not being able to move around really. And that's not for everybody. I love it. I love being able to sit there by myself and tell a whole story from beginning to end and do all the characters. It's just the best. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Again, we, we kind of combine things that we love. So you love reading, you wanted to do literature, now you're doing it. It's just another way of, of getting there. So yeah. you get paid to read a book. What's, what's uh, you know. How fabulous is that, yeah. Perfect. So um, I know you've done stage, you've done, uh, you've done film. It seems, again, based on IMDb Pro, which is not always right as, as I've learned, but it seemed like you've gotten uh, your start on screen, um, whether it was on TV or, or film uh, with uh, kids stuff. So it's, uh, 
How, how did that happen? And, uh, uh, the regular way, I auditioned for a job and got it. Uh, this was a what it, uh, what you're referring to is Square yeah. One TV for the yeah. Children's Television Workshop, which yeah. uh, ran for five years and then I guess two more on reruns. Uh, one of the best jobs ever, uh, an extraordinary cast and crew. And, and uh, we taught math to eight to 12 year olds through the use of music videos, uh, parodies of game shows, um, a little series called MathNet, which was like um, uh, a takeoff in the 50s uh, drama uh, Dragnet that was on television. Yep. And, uh, but we solved math problems. Our, our motto was to cogitate and to solve. And uh, it was just a great job. We had incredible guest stars and we, we shot a, a approximately 11 sketches in a music video a week. We worked our butts off, but it was just one of the best times of my life. And people still talk about it. They grew up with it. They watched us every day after school. I can't tell you how many times at the, the, the stage door of a Broadway theater, young uh, people in their 30s, <laughs> say oh i grew up watching you every day on television it's really it's lovely it is um so that's uh, that's how you went there and then were you doing kind of uh, theater as well as on screen uh, uh... at the same time yeah i was i was i would do i would shoot during the day and do my broadway show at night i did 10 10 broadway shows i'm lucky to be able to say and uh so i've been very very busy knock on wood yeah, no, that's that's wonderful. And um, again, let's 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 build our way to uh, to you know one of my favorite shows, uh, which I think I need to stop using that statement because people are probably confused since The West Wing is my favorite show of all time, and Mrs. Maisel is my second favorite comedy or dramedy because it's not really comedy. It's yeah, kind of a, yeah. You know, mix anyway. So uh, we're building our way there. I want to talk to you about uh, the Thomas Crown affair. Um, the, uh, again, this is the, you know, the, uh, the recreation of it, uh, you know, of the later, right. it was nineteen. The remake, yeah, yeah. When it came up. So you were playing, uh, you know, Crown Secretary, which right. if I remember correctly, were you the one, uh, that was, uh, that noticed that the, uh, that the case was, uh, gone? Uh, yes, yeah. yeah. I remind him that he'd forgotten his briefcase. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh oh, uh, noticed something she wasn't supposed to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I found that movie uh, very very enjoyable. It was. I did too. I was proud of it. It it's uh, it still holds up. It does. I um, I'm not sure how many times I've watched it. You know, anytime that it's on TV, if I see it, I'm gonna watch it. Uh, yeah. you know, both uh, both of the leads are are terrific in it. And they... Yeah, and and, he, and he, uh, Pierce Brosnan was a doll to work with, and of course, very easy on the eyes. <laughs> and I was going to ask because um, you know he's obviously it was the it was the kind of around that uh, Bond time, so he had a particular thing that he was you know he had to appear like Bond in whatever he was working on, which as an yeah. actor is a, is a blessing and a curse at the same time. But uh, did you find uh, that? From an acting perspective, right? Some actors are always in character. Some actors are, you know, coming in and out. What was uh, Pierce like? Was he, you know, just Pierce and then snap in, or was he, you know, mostly kind of uh, crowd? He was uh, he was kind of a blend of the two. He's a a, a lovely man. Um, I'll tell you, we, we we when we had our first the first scene we shot together, um, I was sitting at the desk. They had just finished lighting me, and he came in and he went, oh. 
you look absolutely lovely. And I looked up at him and I said, so do you. And he laughed and squeezed my shoulder. We had a wonderful time. Then at one point, they were shifting some lights and things like that. We were standing at the, the Lucent Technologies building where we were shooting it, looking over New York Harbor. And just both, we both confessed to each other how much we loved the Hudson River and how gorgeous this view was and everything. And he said, I'll tell you a funny story. He said, I was uh, on a friend's boat in the Hudson. And uh, we got becalmed. I, we, there was no wind. The motor had died. We couldn't be there. We couldn't move anywhere. And we had to call the Coast Guard. He said, can you imagine the look on their faces when the Coast Guard got there and realized they had to rescue James Bond in the middle mm-hmm. of the Hudson? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's apropos and, and kind of ironic because in the movie, in the particular movie, The Thomas Crown Affair, he has to race and he's on the boat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very interesting. I, I, that's a very cool story. Thank you. Um, so you've, again, uh, you've gotten to play some really interesting, you know, juicy parts. And like a lot of the actors uh, do, you have some, you know, co-star, guest star appearances. Um, they seem kind of spaced out. Was it, you know, on purpose? Were you busy with Broadway? Were you having other commitments? Or it was just kind of, you know, as it comes, uh, it does. Yeah, a combination of all of the things. Uh, I did a lot of regional theater too in between Broadway shows. So I would be out of town. Uh, like I went to do after I, my first Broadway show, which was the original Broadway production of Greece, uh, which I did for a long time. I did two national companies and three years on Broadway. And uh, it was a, a, another fabulous moment in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right after that, uh, I left that to uh go to do uh, to be a founding member of the American Repertory Theater at Harvard in Cambridge, Mass. And I was there for several years and did, you know, a million different plays. And uh, then I would come back to New York, I'd do a play or something off Broadway and then go back out of town and do something in the regions, you know, whatever they hired me to do, I would go and do. That's pretty much how I planned my career. Whoever hires me next gets me. (laughs) No, and that's, that's a, you know, where the wind blows uh, type of uh, type of career management, yeah. but it, it served you very well. Actors um, can't plan it. It just sort of happens. <laughs> usually, yeah. The, there's, there's no straight path uh, in the acting right. job for anybody. Um, so I'll, I'll, again, I'll come back to, uh, well, Madam Secretary, we, we touched upon. Uh, law and order, uh, you know, you've been on three versions of it and you've done at least, what, seven, nine uh, episodes? Seven or nine, something like that, episodes yeah. of the various three shows. So yeah. it's, uh, it was interesting, right? Because you, it seemed like you started with uh, a co-star on uh, one of the Law and Orders and then, you know, uh, after a while, it, it may be they noticed you and they said, hey, come over to this one and we'll introduce you into this universe as more of the, you know, more of a main uh, type of uh, character. And is that how it happened, uh, that somebody just liked what you were doing? I don't know what their plan was, but uh, I did get to be a member of what we call the Law and Order Rep Company. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, there are a bunch of us actors, the character people, especially of which I am proud to be a member of the character mm-hmm. actors. Um, I just, yeah, it, whatever they needed me to do, I could come and do. It was, it was wonderful to be a part of that. Those shows consistently are fabulous. And um, again, they still hold up too. reruns and reruns and reruns and they still work. They're wonderful. Yeah. You know what uh, still holds up? The Mary Tyler Moore show. Uh, I yeah. didn't expect it, but it still holds up. I, I watched it just recently and uh, it's still great. I, it's still a yeah. 
what we're doing. You know, certain things don't, but uh, for the most part, it, uh, it's still the same uh, same idea as I love. Um, yeah. So, and then again, the the, uh, uh, the more or less Mrs. Maisel. Um, oh. When when I started getting back into uh, into acting. Um, uh, because again, I was uh, I was acting as a kid. Uh, then we moved to the United States. Then you know I kind of tried, and my parents said, "No, you're not going to focus on acting." So I found other careers. And then uh, later, kind of in my early 40s, I went back into acting. So I remember watching Rachel, um, you know, Midge, uh, yeah. doing you know in the pilot, doing her uh, her you know main kind of uh, scene at the very end. And as a person going into acting, I was sweating because I thought, how in the world can I be expected to remember so many words and to deliver that type of a dramatic and comedic performance? I'm like, I don't know if I'm good enough to even try this thing. So that kind of was my, that's probably a wrong measuring state because Rachel is amazing. But that's that's what I was going through, and I was just loving the show from a from a pure uh, entertainment and a uh, viewer perspective. But then watching it from the acting perspective, it's yeah. so great. I, I can't it's think scary. of anybody. I can't think yeah. of anybody who isn't fantastic at their craft. It's true. It's it's a uh, it's heady company to be a part of. Uh, yeah. Rachel's memory is phenomenal. <laughs> really, she's just extraordinary. Everybody is, and we work fast. It's a breakneck pace. That's that's the mo of Amy and Dan Palladino, yeah. uh, and uh, you have to be able to do it. You don't get hired if you can't. You know, so it's really. Uh, a, a count of uh, great honor to be among these people. Uh, many I've known for a million years. Well, Tony Shalhoub and I were both founding members of the ART in Boston. That's how far back we go. We've done a million things together. Mm -hmm. um, uh, who else? Uh, Brian Tarantino, may he rest in peace, who passed away, who played Jackie, the manager of the Gaslight Club. Mm -hmm. uh, he and I had done a bunch of off-Broadway stuff together back in the early 70s. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's, yeah, it's just wonderful. So it feels very homey. Um, Amy and Dan run a fabulous set. There's no drama. Everybody's treated respectfully. It, it's just a, it's just everything you want a job to be, especially in television. It's 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 just great. Yeah, and I'm glad that you guys got to. Well, you didn't get to travel much, but uh, you know, the last season there was there was quite a bit of traveling uh, involved. Uh, thankfully, it happened before COVID because <laughs> that that whole thing <laughs> yeah. would never have worked yeah. out. So uh, this season, probably not as much travel and kind of focusing. I have no idea because we do sign non-disclosure agreements and uh, I don't even see all the scripts. I only see the scripts that I'm in. And yeah, so it's all kept under wraps. Perfect. And when you were auditioning for it, did they say that it's going to be uh, kind of a guest star recurring? Did they say anything? Uh, no, no. In fact, just the opposite. Uh, I auditioned just, you know, the regular way. I got a call from my agent. I went to the audition. Uh, Amy and Dan were the only two people in the room with the casting director. Wow. And um, I read a scene. They laughed. They gave me a little direction. I did it again. They laughed. I left. 
uh, and I went home and a day or so later, I got a call that I'd gotten the job. Um, the characters of Joel and Mrs. Moskowitz uh, is my understanding. They were o- We were only supposed to be in the first season, but we had a chemistry that Amy picked up on, I guess. And uh, here we are season four together and we're sidekicks. <laughs> it's, it's great. Uh, I, because again, Joel was, was not an easy character to love. Uh, yeah. And they but we do really now. I mean, he's his, that's another thing that they do. They really, Amy and Dan really grow our characters so you can keep yeah. relating to them. And, and yeah, your feelings change about them, just like in life. It's, it's pretty wonderful. It was. And um, they, they keep kind of you know, messing with the audience in the, in the best way, uh, yeah. which is very enjoyable. And then, you know, Zach, uh, Zach Levi was, uh, was on the list, um, you know, Last, uh, it was last, no, no, it was the second, uh, it was the second season that he was on, right? Uh, yeah, Zachary Levi was on, on season two and then he, he did a little bit on season three. So um, it, they keep kind of introducing and, and growing that, uh, that whole universe. And it's, it's yeah. really, really, really enjoyable. Such a high quality show, I love it. Um, so in terms of uh, kind of Mrs. Moskowitz, is there, you know, did they give you a, a backstory? Did they say, here's what we're looking for? Or you kind of decided on your own and then they, they went from there? It was, a, it was a real collaboration in that uh, they didn't really give me any background. That was up to me as an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a lot of help uh, and insight to my own character because of uh, Donna Zakowska and the hair department. Uh, they really gave me my look. And then when I got all that stuff, I went, oh, this is who I am. The only thing Amy's ever sent to me is, Mrs. Moskowitz is always smiling. She's always got a positive attitude. And that, that's really kind of all she's really said to me. And um, everything's fine. I can handle it all, you know, that sort of thing. But that's, so you did a lot of development because there is a lot of, you know, depth to the character. There are a lot of different uh, tones that you're playing. Uh, it's, it's, it's deadpan. It's really, really enjoyable. So good job. Thanks. Well, I'll tell you, they give me a, a nugget of comedy gold every single scene. I can count on it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, do you like, uh, you know, comedy as opposed to drama? I know some people prefer one. Uh, what's, what's your uh, view on it? I love it all. I have to say, I love comedies. I love being in a serious piece. It's, it's all just fascinating to me. I love the work. I love the process of arriving at a character and driving a scene. It's, uh, it's just endlessly fascinating to me. I, I'm so lucky to have been able to do it as long as I have and to continue. I, I don't see an end in sight yet. Um, I guess I'm not retiring. Uh, <laughs> And now there's a whole new thing, which I don't know if you know about it, but in addition to my uh, career, uh, I've been in the vanguard of forming a nonprofit 501c3 company called the Rehearsal Club. The Rehearsal Club was a theatrical boarding house from 1913 to 1979 here in New York City. In fact, Edna Ferber's stage door was based on the Rehearsal Club, the, the 30s movie and the, and the play back in the 40s, I think it was. Um, That was a real place. And uh, I got off the Greyhound bus in New York City in 1972 
with 25 bucks in my pocket, no job, no place to live, no agent, no union card. I just came to take my bite out of Big Apple. I had just been on tour with the National Shakespeare Company for a year. That was my first job out of school. And um, I had a girlfriend who was living at the rehearsal club and I called her up and she said, gosh, I think we're full, but why don't you come and meet the house mother? We'll see what we can do. And this lovely house mother took me under uh, her wing and gave me a break and put a cot in a room with two other girls for me. And I had this safe place to live on West 53rd between 5th and 6th uh, and three meal, two meals a day in those days for about 60 bucks a week. Well, I didn't even have the 60 bucks. And you had to audition to get in and have two letters of recommendation from theater professionals vouching for your seriousness. Well, I had two letters, uh, but I didn't uh, have anything worked up for an audition. I'd just been working for a year, but they took that as my you know, validating audition. And they, let, they took me in. Well, that piece has made my entire career possible. I wouldn't have, I was going to plan to stay a week on somebody's sofa here, a couple of days on a couch there. Uh, that was my backup plan <laughs> to go couch surfing. And this place gave me my toehold in Manhattan and the beginning of the theater scene. I got a job waiting tables right away and started auditioning from uh, the auditions listed in backstage, the trade paper. And that's how it all started. Without the piece of the rehearsal club, I wouldn't have lasted in New York a week or two, really. It wouldn't have happened. So that I was always very, very grateful. Well, it closed in 1979. It was very sad. About 10 years ago, some of us rebanded. Um, uh, we became a club again. Uh, we began... Uh, we elected officers we were paying dues were once again a club and we had planned to write um, a book uh, 30 of us I was on the writing committee 30 of us wrote 10 page memoirs about our life at the rehearsal club and we've been looking for a publisher we still are we were with a literary agent for a while that uh, didn't work out and uh, so we still have that book and we wanted to do a documentary um, commemorating the legacy of the rehearsal mm -hmm. club. It was such an important thing. I mean, producers came to know that if you were a, were a rehearsal club woman, you were the real deal. You, you had already been vetted in a way. Uh, so um, long story short, I couldn't see how we could raise money to get any of these things done. Mm -hmm. And I just happened to find out about an organization called Volunteer Lawyers for the Arts. They help artists who don't necessarily have such a great business head get mm. their dreams brought to fruition. Mm. And so I took a seminar on uh, nonprofit and I thought, oh, my gosh, this is what we should do. We should we should be a nonprofit. Well, I went back to the, to the membership and they were like, eh, I don't know. Eh, it sounds like a lot of work. Eh. But anyway, one of the girls and I went back to the VLA and this time they gave us a conference room with six lawyers and uh, we talked to them for about an hour and a half. And they said, yeah, you guys should go nonprofit. Well, long story short, again, with their help, we became a 501c3. This uh, just got our 5013c status a few months ago. And we have a residence. Oh. Uh, we have made an alliance with the Webster Apartments in Hudson Yards, Midtown Manhattan. Mm -hmm. uh, they have been a female residence since 1923. They are still in operation and we are going to be taking a wing of apartments there to start the new rehearsal club as yeah. soon as COVID allows us to move in. That's wonderful. Uh, we had an anonymous donor step up with a $100,000 challenge grant uh, toward housing. He said, if you guys can raise $100,000 between this past December 1st and June 1st, I will match it dollar for dollar, which starts us out with $200,000 just for housing. Yeah. 
That's wonderful. Yeah. So yeah, you're you're not retiring. You have a lot of. <laughs> I never expected to have a corporate career, but here I am. <laughs> no, it's kind of everything finds you at the right time, uh, you know, for you and for others. So good. For well, you. Maisel was such a big help with that because of the having the spotlight for ten minutes, be, being a part of Mrs. Maisel. I've gotten to you know talk to a lot of people that I might not have ordinarily met, and uh, it's all been so so very helpful. Has it opened doors for you? Again, you've been in the industry for a long time. People know who you are and your work. Being on Maisel, has it opened uh, doors that were previously closed? I can't tell yet. <laughs> I've still been so busy with it and, and with the theater too, and now the rehearsal club. I, I haven't noticed if that has opened doors, but it certainly did in terms of getting um, attention for the other things that I'm doing. It certainly has helped with that. So, um, you know, for those people who are watching this and are thinking, okay, well, how do I have a long lasting uh, career in the uh, in the industry? Any advice that you would give to them? Uh, show up on time, know your lines, be nice yeah. uh, and uh, respect everybody who's involved. Yeah. And uh, uh, we have so little control as actors over uh, what happens next. And I think if you just, you have to be relentless. I mean, uh, there was nothing else I wanted to do. Absolutely nothing else. Um, and I just really stuck to it. And Lord knows that there were some mighty lean times. But um, yeah, I just think be ready. Keep up your voice lessons. I mean, it, I couldn't even afford voice lessons, but I would warm up every day and, you know, make sure that my instrument was uh, in, in tune. And uh, yeah, you have to be ready for whatever happens. Uh, you can't take afford dance classes sometimes. I certainly couldn't. Uh, so you lay down on the floor and you do your bar and you do your stretches and you just, you know, stay ready. That's a big, big piece of it. Stay ready. Well, th thank you for uh, for helping me come up with the name for this episode. So this episode will be named Stay Ready. Um, <laughs> good, I like it. Yeah, um, thank you so much. It's, it's such a joy talking to you. I look forward to the next uh, season. And then uh, please, um, you know, send me a link. I'll, I'll put it uh, below the video. So if people want to check out or if people can, you know, donate uh, to, uh, to keep uh, it going, uh, we'd love to help. Great. Thank you so much. It's so nice to talk to you as well. Pleasure. And uh, thanks to everybody for tuning in. Go please uh, check everything out and uh, support all of the projects that, uh, you know, uh, Cynthia is on. And, you know, let's continue uh, with the love of acting because I know that you love it as much as we do. Thank you, everybody.